so I was doing that and it was good though um, mm-hmm. you know single parent ha- household um, no complaints and mm-hmm. you know really just focusing on on those things of providing to what I could mm-hmm. at, at that extent mm-hmm. and then from there it was always like what what else like what's next what what else yeah. can can I bring to the table to to give back to my mother and the, the mm-hmm. sacrifice that she laid for my sister and I Welcome to Conversations with Passionate People, hosted by me, Jeff Boges. This is where we get to sit down with some of my favorite people to discuss passions, pursuits, and pivotal moments that launch them into their dream jobs. This show is for the dreamers, the believers, and those who want to push past the limits to end up right where they were meant to be. Growing up in a single parent home, Quinn Evans is a product of a dedicated mother who gave everything for her kids to succeed. This week, we hear the story of how growing up in the Bronx birthed a passion for football, inspired by those successful family members ahead of him. How leaning into both school and sports kept him busy and focused as a child, which ultimately yielded the reward of an academic scholarship. Sky is the limit is a motto we often hear. But there are very few people I get the privilege of chatting with that actually live by it. Quinn is definitely one of those rare talents that understands his value and leads with confidence in himself. Knowing his success is championed by the woman who spent all those years ensuring he'd be exactly where he is today. So today, we will hear an amazing story that starts on one side of the country makes its way completely to the opposite right here in the bay where sales warriors are birthed from the love of coaching and coaching is the passion that grows into a career of championing others this is cwpp let's tune in hey what's up everybody welcome back to conversations with passionate people i'm here with my man quinn and we're just going to jump right into this. Uh, could you uh, just introduce yourself, Quinn? You know, who you are, what you do, and uh, where you're coming to us from. Yeah, perfect. Um, how you doing? Quinn Evans. Um, I'm coming to you from San Leandro, California. I am a senior sales manager over at, uh, I guess, a, a small little spot startup called uh, Checker. Not so small, but but building. Yeah. Small but mighty. Nice, nice. Yeah, so uh, I love to start these things off just by kind of getting to know, um, letting our audience get to know a little bit about you. So um, did you originally grow up there in San Leandro or kind of where's home base for you? Yeah, definitely not uh, from California or the West Coast at all. I'm a New Yorker. (laughs) All right. Uh, It's probably why you see the Brooklyn Bridge behind me. So uh, born in Brooklyn, uh, raised upstate in Albany, uh, but uh, ended up happily losing an argument to my then girlfriend, now wife. About right. where we're gonna establish our roots. So yeah. she's born and raised out here in Oakland. So I, I've been out here for like a little over eleven to twelve years now, actually. Nice, nice. How do you like the Bay? I love it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I'm an East Bay guy through and through. I'll never, mm-hmm. never have. I probably never will live in San Francisco. Uh, okay. So I'd say I, I like Oakland rooted for sure. I, yeah, I love the town. Uh, mm-hmm. I actually coach high school basketball at uh at logan so that's i know oh, that's nice. your alma mater yeah yeah, yeah. So. go go colts right yeah go colts yeah <laughs> yeah that's dope so let maybe talk a little bit about that you're a high school coach though in in new york man um kind of what was what was growing up like for you out there in the city like what what was what were you into back then as a kid yeah yeah so i don't know i kind of was a knucklehead and a sports junkie so <laughs> if i wasn't 
running the streets like with my cousins or my friends mm-hmm. i was either on a field playing baseball or on a field playing football and like that was it my mom believed in a busy kid is a good kid okay so if we weren't like my that. sister and i thank you uh, <laughs> shout out to april evans uh my sister <laughs> and i if we weren't bearing our noses in books um mm. or doing our extracurriculars we were mm. my mom put us in a lot of like Mm-hmm. what then was like tech forward mm. stuff um okay. so i built my first website surprisingly when i was seven um oh, i was yeah i um i was doing like we were doing this whole construction thing and like this mm-hmm. whole technology first because there was a local college called um rpi mm. it's a rensselaer poly institution so it um it's actually an engineering school so they mm-hmm. had this this program um, very similar to like STEM if you were to think okay. of it now. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was all tech focused. So they like took these kids from the inner city at the time. Again, we were in Albany, and then just buried you into like HTML and like coding and doing oh, all this other sick. stuff. So yeah, I learned that stuff pre um, MySpace. Yeah, MySpace is coding. <laughs> Yeah, I think that was our first our first website build. Everybody had exactly. different codes on different top backgrounds. Five. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you weren't in the uh, top five, man, or you got dropped from the top five. It was a big deal. The top five definitely like it either made some real tight friends or it <laughs> caused a lot of rifts between yeah. some people that you thought you were cool with. Um, yeah, but um, yeah. So I was doing that, and it was good though. Um, mm-hmm. you know, single parent ha- household, um, no complaints, and mm. you know, really just focusing on on those things of providing to what I could mm-hmm. at, at that extent. Mm-hmm. And then from there it was always like, what, what else, like what's next? What, what else yeah. can, can I bring to the table to, to give back to my mother and the, the mm. sacrifices she laid for my sister and I, man, that's, that's really cool. So it sounds like you had a, a awesome, awesome mom who was guiding you on the right path. But at seven years old, you also were getting into like tech, sounds like you were a baller played multiple sports so i always love, love to ask this question is like as a kid you know i think we're we're asked that famous question by all of the uncles or aunts or the ogs in the neighborhood like what do you what do you want to be when you grow up so when someone asked you that as a kid what was the answer back then oh professional football player okay like nice. point blank period like no questions asked mm-hmm. like i could even picture like i could paint it out for you so mm-hmm. um I'm born in 87, like, mm-hmm. uh, so I'm, I'm 35, I'm turning 36 this year. Okay. And at the time, the University of Miami was like the thing. Yeah. So like, you think about the 90s, like Uncle yeah. Luke, the hit squad, like it Heck was yeah. it. Yeah, you know? So I was, I'm a huge, U, like a U fan. Um, mm-hmm. And I told myself, I'm like, this is what's gonna happen. Like, I'm gonna go to school. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get this full ride to go to the University of Miami. Mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna grow these dreads. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. part of the full hurricane squad. That's man. it. That's yeah. it. And I'm gonna ball out. Um, obviously that didn't happen. I never had dreads before. <laughs> but um, yeah, like that was it. I just wanted mm-hmm. to be a professional football player because mm-hmm. also, and on top of that, like a bunch mm-hmm. of my, a handful of my cousins, they were in the league. So, oh, um, so you had that, that type of like uh, admiration for people you know exactly. who did it. So it was exactly. very possible. Exactly. And like, you know, where my family's from, like we're from Brownsville, Brooklyn, mm-hmm. it's not nowhere close to the nicest place mm. um, to like raise a family in. And that was the easiest way out. Mm. And like football was our thing. So yeah. like a lot of my cousins played D1 football, mm-hmm. a good amount of co- my cousins played played in the NFL mm-hmm. or, or even still in the NFL now. So mm-hmm. like 
that's just, that was our path. And that was what we did. Yeah. I was like, that's, I'm going to go into family business. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's really cool. So you're probably uh, working towards all these goals, uh, practicing, you know, night and day. Um, So in high school, did that answer remain the same? I guess at at what point um, did you play uh, in college? Did you end up going to a D1 or or playing? Okay. I went D1. Yeah, I went D1, but I didn't play football. Okay. All right. Talk to us maybe about that. Like, when did that transition happen where now now this dream kind of was like, okay, we're we're actually starting to pivot our route a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So um, let's see. I've always been a bookworm. Okay. Like. Not that school came easy. Mm-hmm. I just know that it's something that needed to be done. And my mom instilled mm-hmm. that from jump. Mm-hmm. So um, when I was in, let's see, sophomore year, mm-hmm. I noticed that these uh, kids, these mm-hmm. men kept growing. And I was like, not catching up. Well, what, what, I mean, hold on. Let's pause for a second because let's let's talk about this. Let's. I mean, you're you're a pretty tall guy. I mean, you look really. If yeah. I saw you on, on in here in here in Oakland on the streets, I would be like, oh, "Is this a warrior?" You know what I mean? Like for those of you who can't see Quinn, man, the guy is super super built. Like he's in great shape. So so. I appreciate that. T- talk to me about that. Like, were you did this development come later or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So okay. I was definitely like I'm the definition of a late bloomer. Okay. Like the definition of it. So I have a late birthday, which Mm. um, if you read, I want to say, is it Gladwell? I want to say Outliers or or, I forgot what book it was off the top Mm. of my head. But like if you have birthdays in fall, the way you can swing it is like you can either hold the child back or you can start them early. Right. Okay. So my mom was like, well, I need daycare. Like you Mm. get in there early. Mm -hmm. So I started school when I was four turning five. A lot of gotcha. my like counterparts around me were five turning six. Yep. But what that did on the like the sports side is mm-hmm. I went in to sports early. So I actually got an extra year of playing. Mm-hmm. So developmentally, I was just as advanced, if not more advanced in my age group. But mm-hmm. then like physically, I mm-hmm. was quote unquote a late bloomer. So yeah, right now okay. I'm six. Right now I'm at six five to like two thirty five. Like I'm a big yeah, body. I'm telling you. Big <laughs> yeah. 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 But I definitely had nothing, nowhere close to that in high school. I okay. graduated high school. I might have been six foot. Wow. Like maybe 175, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That That's being generous. Yeah. But um, yeah, so sophomore year, I see that these guys are developing all these muscles and getting all big. And I was like, all right, well, I'm fast, but I'm not, I'm not that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, but education, I was at the top, if not the top going mm. through it. I love that. Yeah. So I just stayed on it. And then next thing you know, uh, started applying to schools, got some looks D two D three for football and baseball. Mm-hmm. And I was like in my head again, university of Miami, if it ain't dreads, I'm not going. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I, I just, t- I, I ended up getting an academic scholarship to go to St. John's university. Oh, wow. Okay. So I was like, okay, cool. Like you're going to pay mm-hmm. for my schooling. Mm-hmm. see ya yeah i'll go exactly. that direction uh-huh now again it's all about what i'm bringing back to my mom my mm-hmm. mom didn't have to worry about a bill at the time because mm-hmm. i'm like if i take this academic it lightens up the load for everybody that's where we're gonna go man i'd love to i'd love to just dive into that a little bit because i think it's really important like um that we're <clears throat> all of us kind of discover motivators and it, it and it's coming out and it sounds like mom was a big motivator for you and 
the the sense of giving back to her, like seeing her succeed through your journey. So mm-hmm. I, is that something that you realized, you know, at a young age that, hey, we're going to we're going to make mom proud and it's going to yeah. look like this. Like, was that one of like maybe your almost like a core value of what you, mm-hmm. you know, what drove you into to being oh, su- yeah. to, to Big success? Time. Big time. Like, yeah. I still live by it. And there are times mm-hmm. where not that I get into it with my wife, but like she understands it, too. Mm-hmm. Thank God I have a, a great supportive counterpart that I can call my wife and my best friend mm-hmm. that like every, not everything, but a lot of the things that we have laid out were mm-hmm. inco- incorporating my mother. Wow. Like and making sure that she, Yeah. Okay. Sorry. My bad. Go ahead. Nah, no, it's, it's because like she, the sacrifices she went through to raising two kids alone mm-hmm. and putting both those children through private schools. Mm-hmm. Like my sister went to private from, elementary school all the way through college included all the way through yeah i was private for like i think it was like kindergarten through third grade then i needed a little extra help with Mm. um like reading and like they had specific classes that i would go to a magnet school and it would help me out on like my Mm -hmm. growth Mm -hmm. so we made that pivot um so it was more of like a public grant type of child to putting me through the Mm -hmm. um public schools and then i went through public all the way through high school, but like I went private in college. Wow. But like being able to like withstand that, hold that on your shoulders. And she yeah. never came to us like, oh, well you can't. Mm. She, that never happened. That word never. <laughs> it didn't words. exist in her vocabulary. Never, ever. Yeah. So she wow. was like, okay, this is what it is. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. So, yeah. and that's, I have that, that like kind of kick in the ass that is always <laughs> like, Hey, there are, there are other things that you need to bring to the table that you need to figure out for other people because they've sacrificed this for you to get here. Man, that's, that's, that's super cool. I, I similar with my parents and <clears throat> feel like we have some similarities there on, on, you know, the way my parents raised me and I, I was just, you answered it, but the question I was beginning to ask you is why it was so important to you. And so it sounds like, you know, just a, a mother who t- told you pretty much sky's the limit, but you also have no choice. Like it wasn't a matter of like, whether this was or was not going to happen. It was like, no, we're, we're going to figure it out. And if that's what we need to do to get you there, like it's going to happen. Right. So. Right. Yeah. Like April Evans, she threw participation awards out. Mm-hmm. Like mediocrity is not acceptable in her house. Yeah. It's yeah. like, the sky's the limit and that is where we're going to reach. Like that's right. where you're going to go. Right. So, wow. So, so you're, <clears throat> you've got this academic scholarship now um, mm-hmm. to go to St. John's and uh, you know, it seems like now the answer in your mind has shifted a little bit. Like, you know, the university of Miami is no longer kind of like <laughs> in the, in the forecast. So yeah. what, what was it at this point? Like, what, what did you go to school for? What were you like, yeah. okay, I'm going to go study this. Um, yeah. Where, where are you yeah. at now at this point in your life? Good question. Um, so my, had to be my junior year of high school, mm-hmm. my defensive coordinator mm-hmm. was also my marketing teacher. And I had a lot of love for him, Mr. Holtz, like shout mm-hmm. out to Holtz and his mm-hmm. Holtzy burgers. There Whenever you, go. You, you had a good game, he'd bring you a cheeseburger and a game. But yeah, so um, <laughs> he he got me into marketing mm. and like just telling the story. Mm. And as you can hear, like I kind of have to get the gab. I'll talk to a wall if I have to. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just really attracted me yeah. into business. Okay. That mixed with the fact that like, 
like we still we live we lived in Albany, but we were always in New York City. It's only it's like mm. driving from the Bay to Sacramento. Okay. Probably. Yeah, yeah. So we were always in the city, and like in the city, you have Wall Street's right there. Mm. You have Madison Avenue. So like mm. all this money is right at your fingertips, especially yep. in Brooklyn. Yep. Like it's all there. So you mm. see these people, and you're like, damn, like how do I get that? Yeah. Yep. And what's mm-hmm. the quickest way of doing that? So I was like, okay, like I want to do marketing. So mm-hmm. in my head, when I got to St. John's, I knew I was going to be business. Okay. And marketing just spoke to me, mm-hmm. but I wanted to spin it off. I was like, I want to work for Nike. I want to have that still, that like athletic atmosphere, that athletic drive, yeah. and then put it into my day to day. So marketing, yeah. marketing. Um, so it was a business major with concentration on marketing. Yeah, so I I have a B um a BS so Bachelor of Science in Marketing. Okay. Um, and then I was gonna double major into finance just because I was like, oh well, if I go to Wall Street, sky's the limit, you know. Yeah, like- <laughs> but I I ended up focusing on marketing specifically okay. because and here's how that late development happened. Mm-hmm. I ended up growing six inches my freshman year of college, and then I ended up trying out for the basketball team and made the basketball team. Oh, here we go. All right. So, yes. so now so now basketball is back – or sports, I should say, is back in play. Right. And so you're you're playing at St. John's on the basketball team now through college. Yeah. So now I'm a walk-on out of my second – my freshman year going into sophomore year. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a walk-on there. So practice okay. player walk-on. Okay, so I want to I want to dig a little into now the mindset of Quinn as a mm-hmm. a D one athlete, you know, marketing major uh, has saw some people now in the city that he's like, hey, I want to do that. Nike is the dream company to work for. Um, yeah. You want to kind of keep things in within the sports realm, and so it was was now if someone came to you and said, hey, what do you want to be after you graduate college? Was it a, like a marketing professional? Uh, for, for Nike. Yep. Team marketing officer for for Nike. Heck like, yeah. If, if not Nike, like it probably was Jordan because <laughs> I was spending a lot of money on his sneakers. Yeah. <laughs> and then Nike was probably the, the yeah. plan B, which is right. crazy to say out loud. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's sick. So d- d- does that happen? Like, do you get through college and talk to us about like, mm-hmm. cause you're in sales now. Right. And so I think the, the whole, um, uh, purpose of like of this podcast is like you love what you do now and mm-hmm. sales is similar to marketing but it's not marketing like we all know like there are two different types of skill sets that um marketers have and that sales people have and you obviously are gifted with this ability to to gab but but also a great conversationalist so mm-hmm. i'd love to know like um at what point did kind of this explosion happen where sky's the limit even hearing you say like you're very I knew I wanted to be the CMO. Like that was, it wasn't like, no, nah, I want to go work there. It was like, no, nah, we're, we're shooting for the top. So yep. how, how did all of this kind of unfold? And, and, and tell us a little bit about like the basketball thing, right? Did, yeah. did that ever spark to be like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go to the league. Like I'm, maybe I don't go to Nike, maybe I go play. So what, where, where, where did that explosion happen to really pivot you into, yeah. hey, we're going to do this after we graduate school and, yeah. and tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I was on the team as like a, a practice player and like a practice dummy essentially. So mm-hmm. I would learn the plays of our, every team that we used to play against. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time St. John's was in the, we're still in the big East, but the big mm-hmm. East was like 16 teams of someone just wake up and kick your ass any given day. 
So um, you had like Louisville in there. You had Notre Dame. You had Cincinnati, Seton Hall. Like the list goes on. So I could mm-hmm. literally give you the whole run through. Mm-hmm. So I knew basketball wasn't my thing. I just okay. was tall and athletic. Yep. Like that's it. Mm-hmm. I can't sit here and say I can do anything. Just, like, just a baller, good. man. Just, a, just, just your gifted I'm baller. Just, <laughs> right. I just have a good size, we'll say. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I knew basketball would never be my thing. But what that did teach me is like this, the rigor mm-hmm. and the diligence to following through, mm-hmm. which lays very well into sales. Mm-hmm. Sales is all about process. Mm-hmm. And if you can understand the process and find out what you are good at, I know I'm the good at have the like gift of gab, as I said. Mm-hmm. But I'm really good at problem solving. Mm. And that's honestly what, it, when you actually skin down sales, that's all you're doing. Mm-hmm. You're finding out what the problem is or pain, as we like to put it. Mm-hmm. And now you're looking to solve that pain and align it to the service that you're extending. Yeah. Now, you don't have to be the best sales guy to sit there and say, all right, well, I can like manipulate this and mm-hmm. to get this person to think this, and then I'll get them to sign it's XYZ contract. I'm not that guy. I'm not a used car salesman. Mm. I'll be the first one to, to, to tell you, hey, out of my personal experience, I don't think we're the best fit for you. Mm. I love that's, that. what, that's what more, like a lot of my clients actually seek, seek that from me, that honesty mm-hmm. and that transparency, because they mm-hmm. never feel like they're being sold to. Mm-hmm. They feel like we're being like, I'm a consultant and we're talking sure. about, Hey, here's what, where my issues are. Quinn, here's what you're saying that like I could do to solve those problems. Yeah. Let's give a proof point. Let's do a use case. Let's give the ROI and then let's see what we can do on a partnership. Now mm-hmm. I'm a trusted value, like consultant and partner in that situation, mm-hmm. which is going to make my business, both the brand look a lot better as well as the company on the other end be a lot more successful. Mm-hmm. Now we're moving forward as a partner and mm-hmm. now you don't feel like you ever got sold to. Right. Exactly. That is more like a, like a strategist. And I, what I'm hearing is like, that's what, um, you know, that's what sports did for you. You know, you go into every game. So you're studying the defense, you're of the opponent's teams, knowing yep. what's going to happen on the the next game. And you're taking those type of core values and foundation and bringing them into the business world Uh, almost kind of groomed you into having this natural ability to be a a great partner like you said so right out of college did you jump right into sales or did you head into marketing so yeah when i graduated and this is where again me losing that argument i ended up packing up literally three boxes of jordans (laughs) two suitcases full of clothes once like when i say i graduated i graduated and two weeks later I grabbed my stuff and I moved out to California. So I moved wow. into Melvin Tino house in Union City. So if anybody <laughs> knows Union City, you know where St. Anne's Shout is. Shout out to Union City, man. Yeah, the Union, baby. Right around the corner. So like right where Cabello used to be. So yeah. I moved in there. I had no job. I had about $3,000 in my pocket and I was going to figure it out. Mm. So I ended up getting into medical sales, selling to the local hospitals around the Bay Area. I did that mm-hmm. for about two and a half years. It was great, but I just knew it wasn't for me. And mm-hmm. I was actually going to move back to Brooklyn mm. and then try to get on, uh, start working on Madison Avenue. Mm-hmm. But God had other plans for me. Mm-hmm. Two weeks before I jumped on a flight to move back to Brooklyn, the Golden State Warriors called me. Let's go. And then I was like, oh man, cool. I'll take the interview. I took right after the first interview and it was a group interview. Mm-hmm. I came out of there like, I got this job. I called my mom. 
I was like, I just got a job with the Warriors. I'm canceling everything. I'm staying here. I love it. And before was, you got the job, you were telling before me before I even you got, got the it. Job. I had to go through three other stages. So I had yeah. to do a, a one-on-one with Chris Murphy, who is now the president of the G League mm-hmm. down for the Santa Cruz Warriors. Mm-hmm. I had to go through a one-on-one interview with John Bevan, who is now head of Rev, VP, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. top uh, SVP, if I'm not mistaken, for the Warriors. And I had to go through, at the time, it was the SVP, Brandon Schneider, who's now the president of the yeah, Golden State wow. Warriors organization. Wow. So, Heck yeah. yeah. I love that. So you got the call of a lifetime almost that, you know, some, some basketball players even dream of having. So that yep. keeps you in the Bay. And that, yep. that was a sale. Was that a sales uh, job as yes. well? Yep. Okay. Yeah. So I was doing partnerships and, and group sales. So Heck this was yeah. before Steph had good ankles. This was yeah. Monte Ellis. This is Monte um, Ellis, man. Monte I, Ellis, I, Brandon so, Rush. <laughs> quick side note. I went to the game where we, where Warriors um, announced new ownership. And they came onto the court, and they had just traded Monte Ellis. I was at the game where oh, ownership sets at the, on the court, and they start booing, booing the them. owners of the Warriors. Like, and, and they're like, come on. God. Like, someone grabbed the mic and was like, no, no, no. Like, come on. Like, let's calm down. Because like, yep. it was that bad. Everyone was so upset we had traded Monte Ellis and oh, this hope yeah this hope was on some kid curry like who's this mm-hmm. scrawny guy and yeah he could shoot a three but little did i i'll have to say little did i know that you know steph would be one of the greatest basketball players of all time so yeah, i remember man. that era man that was you you came in at a crucial time like oh. that was a that was a shift in the the whole warriors organization under this kind of new leadership Hands down. So mm-hmm. Joe Lacob and Peter Gruber came in, and I remember that day like it was yesterday. And the reason mm-hmm. why is because Chris Mullen, who's a St. John's alum, was getting his jersey retired that day. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, wow. Like, And I met mm-hmm. Mullen when I was at school. Mm-hmm. So it was a big deal for me. I'm like, Heck damn, yeah. like this is the plants are aligning. Mm-hmm. And he's from Brooklyn. <laughs> so I'm there. I was up in level 200. I'm mm-hmm. talking to some of my clients and sure enough, they're like, yeah, like Bogut goes, Bogut trade goes through, trade mm-hmm. away Monte. And then mm-hmm. you're right. Booze are showering down. Mm-hmm. Mullen gets on was like, Hey, listen, like give him a chance. And I'll never forget it. That's who it was. Lake Lake was like, no, I don't want one championship. I don't want two. Mm-hmm. I want five. Like we're going to put up and he, Everybody, Lakeup's got the last laugh now. Yeah, he we'll does. Just say that. He does. I. It was almost not one, not two. It was almost yep. kind of like one of those moments for sure. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's that's. Uh, gosh, that was a such a great time. And to look back Ages now, you're ago. right. He he, yeah. he turned the whole organization. But but talking about kind of like turning something around, right? Like um, even talking to you through this this uh, podcast. I hear you come out of college and we talked a little bit about medical sales, but I can mm-hmm. hear the passion now, right? Uh, talking about the Warriors and what you did there, even the confidence of calling mom, telling her you got mm-hmm. the job before you got the job. So uh, for, for the people out there listening, like, <clears throat> how do you how do you keep the faith? And, and it sounds like mom's brought you up on this, like, hey, yeah. we're, we're going to figure it out. Um, but, you know, how do you go from moving all the way across the country ending up in something you probably didn't love right Mm -hmm. to knowing like it's just going to work out and i'm going to push through and and something's right around the corner yeah yeah so you kind of have to train yourself i'll say Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you you gotta you gotta train yourself to be just overly optimistic 
Mm. But like at the same time, be like diligently cautious. Mm. And the reason I say diligently cautious is like I always have this, and I'm sure a lot of people say this, but like I always expect the worst and hope for the best. Mm. So I, I, even though I was like double downing like that gamble on myself, mm -hmm. I definitely had my plan B and C lined up mm -hmm. if, if things went awry. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, like you got to be diligent in the, in the right where what is going to separate you from other people. Mm -hmm. And you just got to double down there because there are a lot of Quinn Evanses out there. There's somebody mm -hmm. else. And I'm sure there's somebody who's doing that same thing I'm doing at half my age. Mm -hmm. And they're probably better than me. Mm. But like, that's where I'm, I, I go back to the first thing of like expecting mm. the worst and hoping for the best. Like that is the worst situation for me because mm. that means I'm replaceable. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like also going to work my ass off in the, in the same right mm -hmm. and, and hope, <laughs> pray that it's not going to like come to fruition that they find this other individual and be like, all right, Quinn, we found somebody who's going to do it just mm -hmm. as good. Um, you know, if not better, and then way faster for way less. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So bring that get, value. Right. And then getting back to it is like, whatever your value add is, and this is like, I'm kind of preaching and sell, selling a little bit, whatever that mm -hmm. value add is, double down on that. Mm -hmm. Like there are a lot of entrepreneurs out there, like the, when they sit there and say, oh, I felt that turning moment or that, that, that pivot point for me is mm -hmm. when I left my nine to five and I just put put all the pressure on me. Mm -hmm. I'm raised in New York, specifically upstate New York. Mm -hmm. It snows a lot there. If you've, as that, like, if you had never driven in the snow, here's how you drive in the snow. You get a heavier car. Mm. Or if you have a truck, you put something in the bed of the truck. Why? Because that pressure allows the wheels to meet the road. Mm. You go faster as opposed to you slipping and sliding. That is like that analogy and that kind of like description put the pressure on yourself. I promise you, you will not fail. I yeah. promise you, you won't let yourself fail because you yeah. feel that. Yeah. I love that. I love that. That's such a good analogy to describe um, pushing yourself. And I'm hearing a lot of that is this, just this kind of what's really motivated you is continuing to aim for that bar and then resetting that bar. And mm -hmm. I, I love that. So, so you're working for the Warriors. You're obviously passionate about what you're doing. You're probably getting to go to these games and your Warriors are starting to do well. Is yep. it in this job of you now having a role within sports? You know, it sounds like you did land in an industry that you're also passionate about. Like, when were you like, no, nah, this, this is it, man. This is what I want to do. And mm -hmm. I'm going to continue to do it well. Cause, cause you're not in sports now. So you, you had to have found, a yep. passion for the actual sales, you know, leadership role that you kind of really admired. Why don't we kind yeah. of bring it home with that? Like, how, how did yeah. you end up knowing, like, this is what I'm going to continue to do through my career? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, it was a combination of the warriors mm -hmm. and the flexibility that I had. Well, not flexibility, but I'd say the ability to be able to like start coaching high school basketball. Okay. That I was able to find my profession. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that is because I've always had a passion for sports. Mm-hmm. The Warriors, it's not the greatest job to have to build a family off of because hmm. you're working, I don't know, eight till 11, maybe wow. 12 yeah. because you get in the office, you're working your nine to five, you got an hour break, then you're at the arena, you're working to the end of the game. Hmm. So it's not the greatest situation to, to you know, have a family around. Yeah. Um, but I, in that right, again, the leadership at the Golden State Warriors, thank you, Bev. Thank you, Schneider. Hmm. Thanks, Murph. Hmm. 
they -hmm. allowed me to start coaching high school basketball. Hmm. So when I was able to like give pour that back into those kids, yeah, that's where I really found my like the combination of the two. Yeah. And then from there, I was like, if I could coach and sell, because I love sales, I love problem solving mm-hmm. and blending that together. What does that look like? Sales leadership. Mm. And that's exactly what I do in a day to day. Like, I love what I do. That's cool. Yeah. I, I can talk to us a little bit about that. How, so what does that look like in the in the role that you do now? Yeah. Yeah. So um, as a senior manager, I have 10 rep, well, eight reps under me right now. Mm-hmm. I've been at the company for five years. I've started as sales development rep. I had about eight years of selling experience before I stepped into an SDR role, which is mm-hmm. kind of the bottom of the barrel if you were to think about it in sales. So I'm just okay. booking meetings. Mm-hmm. But I also took that as a blessing in disguise because now I can understand what the pains are from the customer. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm going to rip through that and get promoted yeah. extremely fast. Mm-hmm. So once I got those learnings, I got our competitive edge as well as our, our differentiator. Mm-hmm. That's all she wrote. So mm-hmm. I was in that role for two and a half months, got promoted into an AE. Heck yeah. I was I was in that role for about, I think it was one year and three months or two months, got promoted into a frontline leader where I wanted to be. So now mm-hmm. I'm a sales leader mm-hmm. and I have my own, I have 12 reports that are rolling straight up to me. Heck yeah. And then from there, it was like, okay, everything that I learned as a high school basketball coach, everything that I've learned in sales, let's blend this together and start coaching sales to these individuals with the understanding that I have of this product. Mm, mm. And I've been the highest revenueing sales leader at the company since 20, 2020. Yeah, congratulations, man. I, I think yeah. I think it just is a testament of this passion of doing what you love. And I, I love to hear that you discovered it when you went and coached and gave back. And mm-hmm. I think one of the really cool things is with all of the talents and skills we have as professionals in careers is about giving to that next generation. And so mm-hmm. you, you unlocked uh, a new superpower, if you will, by um, having this opportunity to go coach um, the basketball team. And now you're bringing it into your sales team. And these people yep. are, are probably learning so much from you, J- just even how you broke down sales earlier, like being a strategist and leading with compassion to say, and, and truth, like, hey, this is this is either going to help you or it's not. And I, I don't want to be on that side where it's really going to benefit you. Those are those are life skills, man. Those are life um, core values that you're given to people that are just starting off in their career like you were, you know, this team of people you have underneath you, I'm sure are learning a whole lot more than just, uh, here's a sales playbook and let's look at the numbers, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, just wanted to commend you for that. Cause that's really cool. I love it. I appreciate you. I appreciate mm-hmm. you. And I think that, um, like, as you put it there, it's like, it just makes me remind, like reminds me of always being a multiplier, mm-hmm. like whomever you encounter, whether it is about sales or it is about, I don't know, hoop or sports or coaching, mm-hmm. like look to provide value and be a multiplier because mm-hmm. it, it, it costs zero dollars to be a nice person. Yeah, 100% so. agree. So for, for everyone listening, I mean, there's been a ton of nuggets. We, we we got a gold mine in here of things we could walk away with. But if you're to leave like one thing with the audience, maybe somebody who's kind of young, um, similar to maybe yourself and I is not positioned in the best neighborhood or the right school, like, or even someone in their career now, you know, is just starting off early and trying to find that pivot point. Like, what is that advice you would give somebody? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Can I give two? 
Yeah, of course. Right. Yeah. First one, like, don't be afraid to ask for help. Mm, Cause that. that's, that's one thing that a lot of people feel like they're on an Island or they're, they're experiencing this by themselves. Like mm. no, throughout that, that journey, uh, I can't tell you how many people either extended their hand or I reached out to them and they were open to even taking 15 minutes, 20 hmm. minutes to just talk to me. Hmm. And I learned so much more, so much in that, that quick yeah. time period. So don't be afraid to ask for help. And then, um, secondary is like, like just finding your passion in, in whatever that may look like for me, mm-hmm. again, it was coaching and then yeah. sports. Mm-hmm. And then finding something that's going to bridge the two. Once you're able to find those things, it's not going to be easy to do. I'll tell you that mm-hmm. it's not going to be easy. It took me four or five years, which doesn't seem like too long of a time period, but mm-hmm. four or five years to actually get to that point. But once you're able to get there, like, again, that the apply, apply pressure to yourself, put, mm-hmm. put the logs in the back of the truck. So you go faster. Mm. Yeah, heck yeah, that's that's a really good advice that um, we haven't heard yet on this show. So I, I appreciate that. <clears throat> Let me say that you nailed it on getting everything in that I think is a, a great story. And I, I loved the opportunity to get to know more of it. Um, tune in next week. Uh, we will have another special guest and another special story. And let's leave them with some uh, some fun, Quinn. Favorite pair of Jordan sneakers? Because I know you, you're a collector. What's that number? Oh, man. I'm a... T- it, I'm gonna try and really get one. So I have the most pairs of Jordan fours. All right. I have the I have like five or six pairs of fours. That's a good shoe, man. Yeah, I love them. So, and I think everybody else will probably also add to that. Yeah, I think it would be the fours. The four, the four. Yeah. Okay, my I'm I'm a. I was gonna say, what about you? I'm a Jordan one. I just love the. Good for you. So the movie just came out. Air. Uh, if yeah. you haven't watched it, go see it. It's cool, but. It's just I love that classic design. So yeah, respect. Yeah. I respect yeah. that. That's what's up. <laughs>